Welcome to Lopez Radio, episode 365, part one. It was actually such a long podcast that I had to split it into two pieces so it would even upload. Um, so be sure to stick around for part two uh, whenever you get the chance. But uh, it's me and Lord Fagan, the original the original guest on Lopez Radio, uh, talking about 1995's Mortal Kombat from New Line Cinema and much more, as we always get into, but about four and a half total hours of talk and uh it's it's a good time it's a really good time so uh stick around for part one also stick around for part two thanks for stopping by and um here you go And just like that, we're live. Oh, my goodness. It is uh, Lopez Radio. Uh, we're doing it live on uh, Twitch right now. I got uh, the original the original guest, Mr. Uh, Mr. Lord Fagan. Welcome in, sir. It always feels so good when you say it, too. I know, right? The original. Every time. Every time. <laughs> the original. Um, Tickling my balls every time when I first come <laughs> in the door. It's what I love about coming on your show, man. How Absolutely. you doing? Absolutely. I'm doing. I'm good, man. It's good to see you. Um, it's uh, it's an important uh, it's an important episode today. Uh, I do want to say first off, if you want to follow the show at Lopez Radio on all social media, and then uh, you can check me out on Twitch, Twitch.tv/LopezRadio. Uh, usually Wednesdays, uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, um, and uh, all that good stuff. So uh, welcome in, buddy. We're going to be talking about. I don't know if you can tell by the music uh, out there, but uh, it's. You just kind of made a revelation to me. It was 1991 when Mortal Kombat came out. That makes it 30 years old this year, which is... 30 years old. Insane. In particular, we're going to get into the 1995 New Line Cinema classic Mortal Kombat movie um, because we got, just in a few weeks, we've got uh, we've got a brand new Mortal Kombat movie coming out. But uh, we want to talk about the original and uh it's, it's it's hard it's hard when you're talking about mortal Kombat at this point not to get all wrapped up in the nostalgia of it yeah because i have been listen i this is this is why i'm glad to talk to you about it okay i know that like me you've been in this shit since that first game came out in arcades yeah yeah right i mean uh, it's, it's, it's i remember crazy. so in our in our town in our town that we that we grew up in the the pizza hut was where we a lot of us got our first dose of Mortal Kombat. It wasn't even in the proper arcade that was just down the hall in the mall there. The Pizza Hut was getting like all the Mortal Kombat games before the arcade. I don't know what pull that manager had, but <laughs> apparently you want to be stuffing your face with pizza at a Pac-Man table and look over and see fatalities on the screen next to you. Man, I, you know, that, again, it was 91. Mm-hmm. 91... When Mortal Kombat came out, that was like that was the that was um that was about a year or two after 
um, Street Fighter Two had revolutionized arcades because that was that was the start of the last hurrah of arcades was the fighting game wave. Yes, and it was two. It was a two sided coin. It was Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. You had plenty of other contenders that came to the table. Right. Um, there was a fun time with Killer Instinct, but the truth is, everybody was really just a clone of those two games because they were of a similar genre, but mm. they were not the same. They were made very differently. Like, you know, Street Fighter is a hand-drawn, cartoonish, sprite game. Very technically fantastic game. But Mortal Kombat was pictures of real people that was then made into a game. It They were both very different styles, not just in how they were made and how they looked. Yeah. They were just, they were very different games. Very different button setups. Very different combo setups. Very different people didn't freak out about street fighter the way they did about mortal Kombat. well yeah and and the thing about mortal Kombat is they didn't even jump into the combo system thing until mortal Kombat three i think is when they introduced combos i mean before it was i mean before that mortal Kombat one and two were straight up just just straight up fighting games uh no combat system uh, like no uh, combo system at all um and like you said at least for the first three i believe they used that real life you know they just took video of people doing moves and then they made those videos you know the command of you punching and kicking and all that stuff which like you said with street fighter never happened so um now there were other games that tried to do it and it looked kind of like paper you know paper cutouts fighting each other um I'm thinking of like Way of the Warrior, and there's a couple other fighting games, but uh, Mortal Kombat was the first one to really just be like, "All right, let's do this. Let's throw a bunch of blood in there. Let's uh, let's really because because Street Fighter didn't have uh, any kind of fatalities, um, so no. that's that was kind of like their claim to fame. It's like we've got the blood, we've got the blood, and you're at Pizza Hut, and you want to see more red because there's not enough sauce on your pizza. Realism, <laughs> yeah. realism was the big selling point, right? Yeah, it was violent, but it was like. Look at all this blood. Mm-hmm. You rip somebody's head off. It's like all this blood's going to come out because that's what happens. Right. You know, and yeah, it was real people. And like, it was originally supposed to be a vehicle for John Claude Van Damme that veered off in a very different direction. Yeah. Cause he was supposed to be Johnny Cage, right? Apocryphal lore holds that once upon a time, Mortal Kombat was not really Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat was just some guys who like it was Ed Boone and his friends working in an arcade company thinking hey man you know we could make it one of, we can make a game like street fighter but we can make it out of real people and we can just take pictures of them yeah. you got to do with that van damme guy because he makes movies about like fighting tournaments all the time mm-hmm. which is true and they approached him and they talked to him and it didn't work out but uh, somewhere along the line they kind of just said man fuck it let's just make it anyway <laughs> they said fuck jean-claude van damme we're just gonna make the fucking game And Johnny Cage is sort of a, I mean, sort of a holdover of some of those ideas, but walking away from Jean-Claude Dan Damme and walking away from that, making it so that he wasn't necessary and making it so that didn't have to conform to any of his past movies or anything meant, oh, well, now you have a whole bunch of creative freedom. And so um, it was like, do you remember the comic book? For Mortal Kombat? If you play the old Mortal Kombat arcade machine and you play to the end, mm-hmm. and you get through the credits, there is 
like there is a screen built into the programming that says, hey, if you want, you can send us a couple bucks and we'll send you this comic book that actually is the whole backstory of Mortal Kombat. I remember that screen. I do remember that screen. They're like self-addressed stamped envelope, like that kind of shit. Crazy stuff. And and that's what's magnificent about it. I mean, obviously, I have I have my memories. I, I remember when I first played Mortal Kombat. Like you, it wasn't really in an arcade. It was in a grocery store mm. because that was, again, that was a different time. Arcade machines were a little bit more common. Everywhere. Like, it was like a regular vending machine. It was just a way to collect some quarters. Yeah. And, and yeah, sometimes they'd pop up in weird spaces. They, yeah, they would. Typically in places where you want to keep kids busy and get them out of your hair. So like you said, the grocery store. Um, I remember them, uh, you know, we lived in a place that didn't have laundry. So we went to a laundromat for a little while and they had like four or five machines. I remember playing Double Dragon 3 or something like that when my mom was doing laundry one day. Like it was not uncommon just to see them randomly anywhere, like convenience stores, anywhere where you need to keep the kids out of your fucking hair, basically. For for a few minutes. For a few minutes. Yeah, um, just here's a dollar. I'm, I'm just going to go grab some stuff. It was it was very I mean. It was it was such a wonderfully refined form of cheap entertainment, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I remember Mortal Kombat the movie, like the first movie from '95. That was when, like, obviously Mortal Kombat one had been. As, I think Mortal Kombat two had come out by that point. Yeah, the game that um, game was out because there was definitely some lore from Mortal Kombat two that was in the original movie for sure. Well, that's the, and that's the thing, like you know. If you're asking me honestly, I mean, if we're thinking about the whole franchise, there've been a bunch of Mortal Kombat games. Mortal Kombat 11 just came out. Yeah. Um, I have played every Mortal Kombat game. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think I still think my favorite one is probably Part Two. I think that's a lot of people's favorite. That's that's one of the still. If you if what you are you? if you are an arcade machine enthusiast, Mortal Kombat Two is still. I think it actually. Um, depending on condition, will garner more money from collectors than most of the other ones. Maybe like a really good uh, condition Mortal Kombat One machine would would outdo it, but none of the other what's ones. You, what's are, your What's your favorite Mortal Kombat out of the whole series, one through eleven? What's your favorite one? The one I have the fondest memories of is definitely two. I think it's because I played it more. I think uh, you know I played the first one a lot, but as someone here in chat says. Uh, Mortal Kombat was uh, was was released on SNES, which I had without blood. Um, yeah. So it was kind of like, a, you know, you got to play it every once in a while when you went to Pizza Hut or you were at the arcade or something like that. But when you finally got to bring it home and you didn't have the blood and you were like, no, I remember. I remember. And I've talked about this before. I remember writing. I, this is back in the day where I used to call the NES hotline all the time. I used to I used to mail letters to a uh, Nintendo um, and stuff like that. And I wrote a letter begging them to please put blood in Mortal Kombat 2 on, when it comes to SNES. And I remember uh-huh. they wrote back and they were like, good news, blood will be in Mortal Kombat 2 on SNES. Like, I wish I had held on to all that stuff because I definitely had like several. They had people whose their jobs to just field these letters like Santa Claus and write back to all these kids that wrote to Nintendo. Um, back 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 in the days before the internet when they still had community managers but the community was yeah it was it was mostly writing campaign stuff it, no i hear you i hear you it's yeah so so mortal kombat 2 i definitely spent way more time with once it came out because i was so pumped 
that it was finally on SNES and it had blood and had, you know, of course, green's my favorite color. So reptile was my favorite, you know, uh, character. Um, and you know, I just spent so much time with that game and I still have the cartridge and, um, that's probably got the fondest memories because that was like the fighting game I put the most time into outside of uh, street fighter to the world warrior, you know? Um, I mean, and there, it was probably by the end that was probably equal um, because I had I just had other friends that really liked Street Fighter way more than uh, Mortal Kombat. And if you're going to play with your friends, of course, you know everybody's going to eventually want to play some Street Fighter. So uh, we played both, but uh, man, Mortal Kombat Two probably takes the cake for me as well. And I think I think I bet if you talk to a lot of people that are our age range, you know, mid to mid to late thirties, they are definitely um, on board with Mortal Kombat Two. Number three is very good. Mm-hmm. Number three, like you said, introduces the run button, introduces the combos. Mm-hmm. First one with what guns. I um, well, what I also think, it, you know, I think that when it comes to it, it's like those three, those first three games are kind of they're the first trilogy. Yeah, and it's when you talk about Mortal Kombat three. You're not talking about, I mean, you kind of really have to like define it. It's like, are you talking about Mortal Kombat 3 or Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3? Because this is the same thing with Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 2 was not just Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 2 had like three or four flavors. Yeah. You know, there was the first game and then there was Championship Edition and then there was Hyper Turbo Fighting and then there was Super Street Fighter 2. It was Mortal Kombat kind of, you know, slightly went down that road with three especially. But yeah. two, yeah, two felt like when two came out, that was the game that came out. And there were other versions. Like if you want to get into the deep weeds of arcade style versions and stuff, mm-hmm. maybe. But the truth is when that game kind of came out, all the fun secret shit inside yeah. it was all there and it didn't change. And the first one, the first one's just kind of a weird little oddity at this point, because the first one, it's so easy to pick it, pick fun at it now. That first one's rough. It really is. Um, it it almost like I was talking about earlier. It borders on you're watching, uh, you know, paper cutouts fight each other. Well, and that's why the second one actually has such fondness attached to it. It's like when you compare the first one and the second one. Like if you really, if you go back, and it's not hard. You can go on YouTube and you can easily find you some arcade footage of people playing these games and mm-hmm. ripping through it with one character in ten minutes. Yeah. If you watch and you compare like Mortal Kombat 1, Mortal Kombat 2, and this was something that happened in arcades. I remember this vividly. There was a time when these cabinets were side by side. Yeah. And you could see the marked jump in quality. Well, just the pop of color, like the the just the gigantic pop in color. Because, I mean, if you look at old Mortal Kombat, it's very flat, very not even just the texture, but it's just very flat colors. It wasn't, I mean, it just was, it didn't, it didn't pop out of the screen. Now, Mortal Kombat... Uh, Mortal Kombat 2 just I mean so vibrant man and just completely different and bigger cast of characters went mm-hmm. to Outworld it was great mm-hmm. it was great and that's I mean the re- another reason why I think it's important you know coming back because we're, we're talking about the movie talking mm-hmm. about the 1995 movie the 1995 movie is kind of cool because the 1995 movie if you come back because I, I watched it you watched it recently mm-hmm. so I want to come back to it it's a it is a stunningly and kind of shockingly good movie. And yeah. I think it's, I think part of it is because it's actually kind of a little bit of mortal Kombat. It's like mortal Kombat 1.5, right? Because this mortal Kombat one, and it's a story of mortal Kombat one, which is 
brutally simple. It is a John Quan Van Damme movie with some Marvel bullshit. But I mean, the thing is, it does a little bit of setup for two, and it 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 is a better movie. It's a more complete. It's a more complete saga with a great cliffhanger at the end. But mm-hmm. it's yeah, I I kind of look at that movie as it's not really about the first game. No, you're not. If you're being honest, it's like, yeah, but Katana's in this. Jax is this reptiles in this, Mm -hmm. you know, Shao Kahn, Shao Kahn is at the end of it. I'm not, let's be clear. Anybody listening? We're not, we're not, we're we're having a spoiler discussion about a 25 year old, (laughs) but, but, but at the same time, I, um, I, I'm really, I'm really surprised. It's not perfect movie, but there's some really strong stuff in there. It's a really great action flick from the nineties. Well, yes. And the fact of the matter is, you know, I'm watching it and I'm making notes and like in my head the whole time I'm watching, I was like on paper, this was not a movie that was supposed to work. Like it should have like it just didn't looking back at it. You're like, this shouldn't have worked. And it worked. And, you know, there were there were a couple before, you know, video game movies before it that, you know, as cheesy as it was, it worked out. But like you're thinking about like something like Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Or, you know, any like any kind of video game it just didn't happen. You know, it just didn't work out. Street Fighter, the movie, wasn't that great. Didn't do that well. It wasn't that... Uh, uh, some people love it, but this one just stayed an underground hit. And I think it's just because they struck at the right time. Uh, Mortal Kombat was at its peak. I mean, you know, you were only, what, you might have been just before or right at the release of MK3 when this movie came out. Like, it was... Um, it was just perfect timing on their part, and they they put just enough, um, just enough uh, cinematic effort into it to make it look good too. I mean, you had some rough, cheesy stuff, but I think it was supposed to be rough and cheesy in parts because in part the the game itself was a B movie, you know. Oh yeah, no, it was inspired directly by that stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. If what I read is correct, that movie was saved with reshoots. When I think about that movie. My favorite shit is actually like if I, again if what I'm reading is right and I've read a lot about it um that uh, there was a lot of the, the, they basically um they had made that movie they were kind of like they were wrapping it up and stuff but it was like okay well we got a little time and it's smart to maybe think about do we need to like maybe shoot some extra stuff just in case and so like I don't know let's let's see what everybody thinks so they showed it to everybody in the studio everybody in the crew was looking at it obviously cuz they were making it mm-hmm. they showed it to people at at Midway like they showed Boone and stuff, and like, um, the thing is that people at Midway were actually pretty. They were pretty um, connected to this. Yeah, they obviously weren't dictating what was going on, but they made themselves available, and they really wanted, like, they wanted to do a proper, decent Mortal Kombat movie. And um, from what I understand, there was just at a certain point, at just the right moment, somebody said, um, "This is this is boring. It's a Mortal Kombat movie, and you're not fighting a lot." Yeah. You put some fights in here. And so they made, they did, they had the, you know, the Johnny Cage scorpion fight. Right. They go down into like hell and stuff like that. Like all the hell stuff was added on. They had the fight in the forest and stuff, but it had a little, edited a little quickly. Mm-hmm. All of the reptile fight that was all tacked on. That's what, like you wonder when you watch that movie, you come back, you look at it. It's like, when you think about it and you know, this, it's like, makes a lot more sense. All Reptile is in there to do is to like be around and like be his CG self for a minute for like Shang Tsung to come around and say, keep an eye on them. And then he like shows up in shots throughout the movie. And then at the end of the movie, 
Liu Kang grabs him from the wall, throws him into something, and has a fight with it. It's like all of it is tacked on. Right. Reptile has nothing to do with the story. He's just a slow burn to get into a fight later. And well, and it was a reason that oh, to shoehorn a, 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 a fan favorite, you know, character in like they, they were like, right? oh, yeah, let's get let's get a reptile in there. Because if you look at reptile and the CG and someone in chat's like reptile was there to justify the SFX budget. Uh, he he really doesn't fit the rest of the movie as far as the look goes. He doesn't really look like like some of the other CG. You can tell it was an, it was a later edition. Um, he's almost like too vibrant for the environment, you know. Um, well, and and it's also, I mean, you think about it. All we really need to do is throw him into that prop that turns him into an actual dude with some CG trickery. And it's like, okay, we can have a real fight. The rest of it is like, again. Dude, there's no need for story bullshit. Mm-mm. There's not really need a lot for acting. It's like, no, nah, dude, just bring the guys in. And like, dude, seriously, let's just fucking fight. Just make them and fight. It's it is the right. It, it is exactly what the antidote that's required because it's like it's a Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, and the, it's it is one of those things that I find really stunning about it is the way it's constructed and the final product. Yeah, the pace is great. It's ridiculous. It's an absurd movie, and. They have a when you think about it, there are seven characters in the main roster of Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. plus Goro plus Shang Tsung. They're all in there. Jax is in this, mm-hmm. Katana's in this. A whole bunch of just little side extra people are just kind of randomly just sprinkled throughout it. Um, that's a fucking Avengers cast, right? And they find a way to just make it kind of go pretty quickly. You know, there's about half the people that are dealt. I mean, they're there to die. Kano's there to die. Scorpion, mm-hmm. Sub Zero, they're there to die. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it ends on a great cliffhanger. It's way better than it has any business being. And yeah, it holds. It holds up pretty spectacularly, even after 25 years. There's some rough edge to the effects, but isn't that why we're making a reboot? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's it's just so much around it is very so much around that movie is just so odd, you know. So much of it is just so like so the 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 actual um the song that we open the show with the Mortal Kombat song that everyone knows is you know it just it was born from that movie and like someone someone uh, went through I think it was let's see I've got it right here most people remember the Mortal Kombat theme from the motion picture adaptation of Mortal Kombat however very few gamers may remember that most of the song was originally part of a hip European dance song in the early 90s Uh, the majority of the Mortal Kombat theme was actually stolen from a Euro beat song called uh, by a group called Two Unlimited and the song was called Twilight Zone the song was then remixed by the Immortals a Belgian electronic band they added arcade sound effects, voiceovers, and infamous synthesizer melody. As of 2010, no copyright lawsuits have been filed. <laughs> it's there, there's just there's little things like that where that just comes out, and the song almost just became the battle cry for everything Mortal Kombat after that because so many people because, went. I remember going to see it in the theater, you know. Well, it wasn't just this movie. This and it's like the song. The song comes out. The song bookends it it's the song for the opening credits it's the song for the ending credits Mm -hmm. but also this was the song for mortal monday when mortal kombat one first came out on consoles Mm -hmm. that was mortal monday 
and they had a massive campaign behind it. It was incredibly successful. It was multi multi console release. Yeah. And it was huge. It was the biggest game on the fucking planet at that moment. And that song would come on in those 30 second spots. Um, because that song is like the kind of song that like you can cut it up. You can cut it up into a 30 second chunk. You can cut it up into a 60 second chunk. Yeah. You can do the full 10, two minute one. And you're right. It's like, it's basically a Euro trance beat mix with all of the sound effects of Shang Tsung saying everybody's name and saying excellent and shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. They literally, they literally just ripped it from the, the arcade game. And it's almost like you can tell they're holding a microphone up to the, up to the speaker of the arcade machine. Um, what's your what What's your favorite part of that movie? What's your favorite scene in that movie? My favorite scene in the movie. Um, there's some funny fucking jokes, man. There's some really There's some really really good jokes. Um, I honestly, I mean, I think everybody loved the just anything having to do with the mystique around Sub Zero and Scorpion. I was a big reptile mark, so of course I loved the reptile fight. Um, and the 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 more like going back and watching it later though, dude, I just I think the guy playing Shang Tsung is ridiculously good. Um, it's it's one of the it's one of those right place right time things. I don't. I, it's they they put him in Mortal Kombat Eleven. Yeah, and yeah, it's like man, he really. They have done this character in many different ways with many different people playing, but he really is the fucking best. They have never found anybody to do Shang Tsung better than that guy. Yeah, Carrie, uh, Carrie Tagawa. And uh man, he's just he's good. And just the interaction between, especially at the end when they're when they're talking to each other, like him and Liu Kang are talking yeah. to each other, Robin Shu, who ended up in everything after this movie, by the way. Um, but like just their interaction like it just felt genuine i mean and, and then you have to like snap yourself i was like i'm watching a mortal Kombat movie but it just you could just feel the tension between the two and i feel like they did such a good fucking job with it man they really they both did. came to play they they both they they both do a great job not just because yeah i mean they were there playing the characters but it was like yeah but they were also like they were fighting they they didn't use a lot of stunt doubles no. both of them and especially in that last fight, like, and I mean, yeah, they, they did a really good job and I keep coming back to this. I'll say it. I'll say it again. I think that, I mean, looking at it and thinking about it, part of what makes this movie so great is that it's like, again, there's a lot in common with this in Avengers and mm -hmm. other Marvel's flicks because they put a big bell on it. They have a scene early on when they're talking on the boat where it's like, everybody's just kind of a little bit, I mean, Seriously, a boat full of leaky people are going to save the world. <laughs> That's it. And Raven's like in his in in, in classic Christopher Lambert <laughs> gravelly voice that you can't really tell what accent he's actually using. Where kind am I of from? Bullshit. Where am I from? He's he's perfect. Yes, <laughs> he he's perfect in this movie, and all he he doesn't really do anything other than. He throws Liu Kang once and he does some sparkly shit with his fingers and his eyes. Mm -hmm. And he like is really threatening and makes a voice sound booming. He doesn't actually do shit in this movie. He does. He does. Pretty uh, incredible. He, he does get uh, <laughs> sc throw Scorpion and Sub-Zero across the room and electrocute that's, him. That's right. But 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 hence hence the kind of behavior from an actual God. It was it's very good. 
and um it's very it's very efficient mm. in how it tells its story and again ends on a great cliffhanger that leads into an absolutely horrific sequel yeah yeah we, mortal we, combat mortal combat annihilation for as good as this movie mm. is and as shockingly good as it is the oh man the 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 whiplash going from one movie to the next yeah Ooh, An- wow. annihilation it's uh it, it did it it annihilated itself it was terrible um i think i only ever watched it once um and i don't remember much about it because i remember checking out pretty quick but uh you know, I remember watching this one like because I watched it uh, recent, like very recently, like just within the last day or two. Um, and I just remember sitting there being like, man, why, why didn't we get a Johnny Cage, Liu Kang like buddy cop movie? Because those two playing off each other was really fucking good. Um, as 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 awkward as some of her stuff was, um, Bridget, uh, Bridget Wilson, Sampras, Bridget Wilson, her her parts were um were really good. Her her interaction with the rest of the cast was really good. Sometimes it was a little stiff. She did her own stunts. She did her own fight scenes, and it was pretty apparent in some cases. Um, but I did some reading, and I and I found out that she was last minute replacement for Cameron Diaz, who broke her wrist. Cameron Diaz yeah. was supposed to be in this movie, and it was uh, they actually picked her up because they had seen the dailies from the daily shots from the mask before it had come out, and they were like, "Oh, we need to get her before she skyrockets." So she had shot a lot of the movie or started shooting a lot of the movie as a Sonya Blade and uh, had wow. broken her wrists so bad that she could not uh, complete. So they had to pull Bridget Wilson in and she, uh, whereas the rest of the cast got like months with trainers and months with uh, choreographers for their fight scenes, she only had like a week or two before they had to start filming her shit. Um, so that's why she's a little stiff. That's why, um, and that's why her fight scenes look do look a little weird if you look at them close. But um apparently she like the all the cast got along really really fucking well i you know i i hear what you mean about when you talk about chemistry yeah like i said there's a lot of humor in this movie some of the best humor is luke kang clowning on johnny cage absolutely you know you're gonna oh oh carry your bags oh yeah i'll take your money and throw your bags in the water because i'm the (laughs) fucking chosen one asshole and it's (laughs) and it just gets better and better and better and um i i like the dude who played kano kano looks great yeah um kano is like i mean honestly again part of the marvelness of this is that they really don't shy away from it's like no seriously we're gonna we're gonna put a fucking metal plate on his face. He's got a red glowing eye and shit. And it's like, okay. They fucking did that shit. Why? <laughs> they were just like, it's like, because it. it looks fucking awesome. What do you mean, why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and someone's pointing out Bridget Wilson. Yeah, she is the hot teacher. She is, uh, she is Veronica yeah. Vaughn from Billy Madison. Um, she is. Um, and she had a lot of stuff, like a lot of big roles going on at that time. And Poison Ivy, too. Was she? You think I'm kidding? I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. She no, she was she was she was one of those actresses that like for a point there it was like she was kind of just grasping at anything mm-hmm. and she was doing all kinds of weird stuff. Kind of like how Elizabeth Berkeley um was actually pretty interesting on Say by the Bell that out of out of nowhere it's like really showgirls and it's mm-hmm. like yeah because they're they're just trying to get attention, just trying to make a mark. And they paid. have talent, but they don't know how to direct it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Again, it's like, yeah, she was in Mortal Kombat and Billy Madison and 
weird low budget erotic thrillers oddly enough saved yeah, by the, kind, saved, of a, kind of a strange little career yeah. she was saying uh zach morris's girlfriend and saved by the bell for a little while oddly enough that you brought that you brought up saved by the bell um what is she doing these days man i haven't seen anything about her she'd like do she do the occasional tv show no on like nbc or something random episodes of svu or some shit i think the last thing she showed up in i'm pretty sure was 2001 she married pete sampras and uh oh okay she she did voice uh she did voices on your blade in mortal kombat 11 i see that um it looks like the last thing she a was lot of was... people a lot of people came back yeah like the, a lot of people from the uh the old movies i mean because obviously they got movie um they got movie carrie to come back for shang Tsung. Mm -hmm. they got lambert to come back and do a voice set for um for raiden and they yeah. got the dude who played um, Johnny Cage. They didn't get Robin Shaw, which wow. is unfortunate. I he was so good. I don't he, he fit perfectly, that. man. It was perfect, perfect fit. He he was in great shape, and he was. I mean, he was he was playing a role that Bruce Lee should have been playing, but Bruce Lee wasn't around, and who cares? Sure. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that was that was the thing. Everybody everybody came to play. Right. Nobody was nobody seemed to be questioning in their mind on screen. This is dumb. What the fuck am I doing? Everybody's like, all right, no, no, I'm the criminal with the fucking weird cyber eye. Okay, let's go. All right. Yeah, I got this knife. I'm gonna stab you, lady. You know <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 great. It's such a great fucking movie. It's it's a bad movie. It's it's ridiculously bad, but Goro looks so good. Oh man, looks so cool in that movie, man. Well, when I go back and watch these movies, I, I'm like, I especially now that you've got the internet. Like before 1995, you didn't have the internet to go reference. Maybe you could find something in a uh, in a magazine somewhere, or you know, something like Fangoria or something like that. But um, like the Goro, the Goro suit was run run by one stunt guy. All right, and he he controlled the lower arms, and he was in the, he was in the cat. So his they said, I think he said his his head was basically right behind the uh, the sternum area of Goro. Yeah. And then you had a whole team. I think they said a, a six to eight person team of puppeteers uh, that yeah. were running the arms from above. Um, like not from above, like they weren't above it, like with strings or anything like that. They had a they had a pneumatic system that they could move their arms from off screen, and the basically the robot that he was carrying on his shoulders, and they had yeah. to like brace to his back, like in his waist. They they could move the arms off screen and the arms above him would move. So it was like yeah. a whole like ten person team, including the stunt guy, controlling I've this seen, guy. I've seen some of the pictures. Yeah, it's like it's wild. It's like it's like from the Hall of Presidents from the waist up. It's like that. It's that kind of robot mm. sitting on a dude's shoulders. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. There's all kinds of tubes and shit coming out, and they did all kinds of little tricks to kind of film it just right. But it's like. Yeah, like that dude could walk around with that big puppet and they had like it had like weird animatronics to his face, but it was very well done. Mm. And it did look like a big, huge, massive dude with four arms walking around. And it again, it was real. And they fought with him. Yeah. His fights look fucking brutal as shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it. it, it at every turn, even the reptile stuff, it's like, yeah, I get it. When it's just him jumping around stuff, yeah, that stuff looks rough. But then they somehow save it because it's like, oh, yeah. And then he falls inside this prop and turns into this awesome stuntman. We're going to have a cool-ass fight with him. Nothing in this movie, like, fails to deliver. Right. You know? every, everything, I mean, even, even with Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage is kind of a, 
he's kind of a dickbag the whole movie, and he's a big part of the comic relief. But he has probably the best go go you know go eat my shit one liner in the whole movie when he kills Goro. Yeah, it's real. It's and again, everything's so airtight. It's a very, 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 very well constructed movie. This is the I part where you fall down. Yeah, yeah. This is the part where you fall down. There's that. There's a couple of good ones too. Like, like he she. Basically, uh, when when he got into the argument with Sonya at the end, when he's like, and she's just like, "You're so egotistical, you're so you're so thick headed, blah blah blah," and he's like, "You forgot to say good looking as he's walking away," and then of course they had to pay homage to because this was definitely after Mortal Kombat two because they had to pay homage to the friendship after he blew up Scorpion and threw down his sign, you know, his uh, his autograph. That um, whole fight is filled with. All kinds of great Mortal Kombat moments. They do a yeah. shadow kick into a teleport into the nether realm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like they do the picture, but it's like he takes the mask off and he starts barking fire at him. <laughs> it's it's it is that is my favorite scene from that movie. That fight is that fight is the best goddamn scene. Yeah. Because it has it all. And it feels like it feels like you're watching. It feels like you're watching a fight in Mortal Kombat where it gives a shit about the story. It's it, it's Johnny Cage versus Scorpion. Round one, fight. And then they fight. And then they have another round in the nether realm. And it ends with somebody trying to pull off a fatality and getting it turned around on him. And then it ends with a friendship. Yeah. That is the perfect Mortal Kombat movie. And they're making a new one. It's coming out here in a month. Yeah, did and they man, push it back? Listen, Someone said they pushed it back because of uh, Kong and it's Godzilla. April, April 16th. Okay. April 16th as of this talk. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they pushed it back a couple days ago, but it's like, you know, that's fine, whatever. Yeah. I, man, I'll tell you what. I have no idea what that movie's about. What I've seen, I, I've seen a Red Band trailer that looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it looks... Red Band it looks, trailer looks pretty good. It looks great. We'll um, see. Carrion in chat said that uh, as far as the 95 one goes, they really swung for the fences back before you knew you had to do that in order to properly adapt a game into a movie. And uh, they did. Like, I, I think that they they really, like you said, they, they I'm glad they went back and looked at it and they're like, this is kind of boring because what do you do? You're, you're not there for the story when you play a fighting game, right? You're not there for like yeah. the, now I know they've done a good job of adapting the, the later games, the newer games into uh, you know having story in between the fights but yeah people just wanted to show up and watch people kick each other's asses in mortal Kombat costumes like and that's essentially what you got and you did get a good story around it you talk about the new story modes Mm -hmm. the truth is they i mean if you think about it like we've we we've teased the idea of getting together and playing through story mode on a stream maybe one day but the truth is I'll, i'll tell you this having played through all the story modes they're great yeah. But they're kind of like Cobra Kai in that, you know, the story is kind of, look, what's going on is irrelevant. It's going to be the same kind of basic pattern every time. Right. People are going to get together who have a problem with each other. and They're going to talk for a bit and they might come close to a resolution. And then out of nowhere, somebody's going to be like, enough of this. I challenge <laughs> you. We fight. And, and that's story mode. And that's the way this movie is kind of is just like, well, we have a little bit of exposition. Raiden comes out and tells us about what's going on, mm-hmm. and then we get to the we get we get to the. And, and, I mean, at a certain point, it's like somebody needs to just say enough of this. A challenge has been made. Combat, right. you know. <laughs> so it's it, it's 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 very much like that. And um, 
again, pace is important. Giving people what they expect and want is important. But yeah, it's it, it's it's kind of cool. Um, I mean, this is it, it's sort of tangential to this conversation. But did you ever play? Do you ever play Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub Zero? Do you remember that game? Um, I remember the game. I don't think I played it though. I, I think I might have played a little bit of it, but not not a lot. That is a weird little oddity. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it, it is a it's like if you took Mortal Kombat and made it a platformer. Okay, it's hard to wrap your head around. I know, but it's like they started going into the other realms that weren't. That was when they started introducing the shit that was not out like Outworld and Earthrealm, but mm-hmm. like other realms and other gods. That's where Fujin first comes out, but like. That was really the first game where they started fucking around with story mode because story was important in that game. Mm-hmm. Story is perfunctory in the Mortal Kombat series in the arcades. It's yeah. there, but it's like it's something cool to watch on the screen while the game is in attract mode. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh I mean I don't know. Like, I think that they 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 definitely jumped all over the place. Because I mean, once a once a property gets so big, they got to try it, right? They got to like, well, let's see if it works as a platformer. Let's see if it works as this. They did a puzzle game. They did all kinds of stuff. Um, I know, like, I know very little about this movie coming up. Um, I do know that they're going to focus a lot on Scorpion and Sub Zero and their backstories, which I'm kind of looking forward to because I know they've got really, really fucking depressing backstories. Um, and really which dark. Which is not, which is not touched upon or, or or described in the in the movie um from '95 at all. Mm-hmm. They're extras in that movie, but you're right. Like in Mortal Kombat lore, the rivalry of Sub Zero and Scorpion. It is arguable that it is better and more compelling than any of that chosen one crap with Liu Kang. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he, they even allude to it. Like the only the only background you get on those guys in the '95 movies, like he says, Scorpion and Sub Zero, the deadliest of enemies, but uh, slaves under my control. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's it's insane. And uh, someone in chat, there's definitely can be story and action though. Why are we giving up on that? I don't think we're giving up on that. I just think in '95, uh, it wouldn't have made the movie work. I think now it'll make the movie work because people, the people who are of the age where they're going to go and consume the new Mortal Kombat. Um, are at the age where they do want some some content, some beefiness around their action at this point. Um, I well, think in also, ninety in ninety five it wouldn't have worked. They needed to they just needed to pull in all the kids and get all the money. Well, to that point as well, like you said, it's not the same as it was then. Back then, the media landscape was very different. What's going to be interesting about this new Mortal Kombat movie? Yeah, it's coming out in theaters, but it's going to come out and stream. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the time for fighting or for story again. Think about Cobra Kai. Think about that very different environment these days. Um, I don't think that it's too weird to think that, man, if the store, if that movie does good, yeah, they're going to keep doing stuff in Mortal Kombat. It's like the same thing with the first movie. It's like, obviously, they're going to want to make a franchise out of it. It's a valuable property. They're going to want to make more. I think it's more likely that it's like, well, and they've done it already. Mm-hmm. They made like a couple of television series for this. Yeah, they did. It was like on Star or was it Stars or Showtime, something like that. It was like called Mortal Kombat Legacy or something. I don't remember, but I know that they've they've they have tried rebooting this many a time. Um, we'll see how this one goes, but yeah, it's it's different. It's different. I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad it's a fresh look. Um again, that red band trailer looked great. That red band trailer, the fights 
looked fucking savage. The fights looked flashy. That's another thing about Mortal Kombat. It's not just that it's action. It's got to be like way over the top yeah. and way way sensationalized action. It's not just that it's it's not just a fatality because you're killing them. It's the it's the style. Yeah. You go, you're going you're going out of your way to flourish it. That's that's heart of the whole series. You know, it's not right. just the hardcore presentation. It's the comic book edge to that hardcore presentation. And from what I see in there, it's like, it looks okay. It looks like, it looks like a lot of the stuff like, um, oh, you know, like these, in the more modern games, like, um, like Mortal Kombat 11 and stuff, like they have like the x-ray moves where the camera swoops around and goes inside people's bodies. And you see people like, these are the bones that are breaking. They're reaching inside and they're freezing their spleen and crushing it and shit. Right. Yeah. They, this new movie seems informed by that. Which is not the old style, but that stuff is great in the new movie or in the new games. Yeah. That stuff is cool because the game is radically different now. They still do fatalities. They just reintroduced friendships again. Mm. That's man, honestly, have you have you have you checked out any I know that I've um I know that I've gifted you um a couple of those Mortal Kombat games. Have you have you ever really played any of Eleven at all? Not any of eleven. I've got I've got ten or, or X. I don't have eleven. And then I think you gave me nine as well. Yeah, you yeah. you've got all you you've got the first two. Yeah. Um. I mean, honestly, the first two are cool. We should we should blast through them for story mode and just turn it on easy mode because mm-hmm. it's like, honestly, you can rip through that story mode in a couple hours. Yeah. Like both games together. Uh, that's that's going to be a hefty load, but um. But again, if you're if you're just going through it, it's like you'll just kind of see all the characters. But Mortal Kombat 11, that's the one that's actually probably the best game out of all of them. Mm -hmm. And with the most content in it, it's got a lot of extra weird shit like people. People in chat have been talking about. Yeah. Terminators in it. Rambo's in it. Yeah. Robocop's in it. There's just Um, so it's just well, if you remember, uh, Freddy Krueger was in it. Um, The alien and the predator were in it. Yeah. It's Jason insane. Voorhees was in it. Yeah. Uh, before no, we get too it. far away from it, Namiology in chat was uh, he, he's brought this up before when we first watched the trailer. Uh, Jai Courtney as uh, it would be for Kano would have been an awesome choice. Actually, <laughs> it would have been a great choice. That would have been awesome. Oh man, they're um, gonna they're gonna sell us on him one way or another. We're yeah. gonna be sold on that shit. Yeah, they are. Um, to, we put a lot of money into this. You're gonna eat it. So, so, so that TV, uh, that TV show that I was talking about was called Mortal Kombat Legacy, and it actually was a web series that got pulled oh, okay. into. Uh, they, they get pulled onto, I think, Stars or something like that. What what it was was it was a independent. Um, it was an independent stab at uh, trying to get a chance at remaking the movie, basically, mm-hmm. and it was a four part series. Um, that each focus, they, they kind of, I, I've only watched one, but it kind of starts out there in a police station and what they're doing is they're going through files and then Jax it, is a cop. It's, it, it's, isn't it, isn't it the dude who played spawn? I think so. Yeah. And he's Jax and he's a cop. I remember that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Jai White. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so they did one for Jax, one for Sonya and one for, I think it's Luke Kang and then one for sub zero. Um, but yeah, I, I forget who the who the other guy is. But yeah, they did four a four part, and what they were trying to do is uh, get get basically licensed to do a new movie because Annihilation got 
so panned and nobody wanted to touch it. Uh, yeah. No, it, it, it's, again, 30-year property, man. Testament to the fact that it's got survivability because they've remade it and they've reinvented it. Yeah. That's the shit That's the shit that lasts. It's not the stuff that stays unchanging. It's the stuff that can actually adapt to the times and change. That's, that's the good shit. I never really got to ask you what was your favorite part of 95 Mortal Kombat. Oh no, no, it was the it, it's the it's the Scorpion Johnny Cage fight. Okay. Yeah, no, no, and it's again, it was the thing that they added, but that is that fight again. That fight is the best part of Mortal Kombat. It's the best part of the whole movie and if you really want to get an idea of what's the movie about but also what the series is about, let's play that scene. Yeah. The scene's great, you know. I mean, it there's a lot more context to it obviously, but it's like it's the kind of thing to get people to want to know more. If you can't get down with that scene, you're never going to get down with Mortal Kombat. Dude, they if had... you're down with that scene and what's in it, again, it's like Mortal Kombat was cool because it was kind of a, a weird mix of not just science and magic. Mm-hmm. It's a mix of modern sensibilities and magic. It's, it's, it is a weird, undead ninja fighting a movie star. That's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it's that's exactly what it is, and and I think I, what I liked about that whole setup to that was, I mean, we were pre- preceding that we had like I think we had like maybe ten fifteen minutes of just let's go for, to this fight. All right, here's the next fight. All right, here's the next. Like they weren't trying to splice story in between every little fight, and that was probably what helped because the fact that it's a like you said a Mortal Kombat movie, no one wants to no one wants to just spend their whole time taking in story. You know, you give us a little dash of story, and I'll give us some action. You know, did we need did well, we need all the the henchmen to come in and turn the tables of the feast over so mortal so Sub Zero could freeze a guy and let him explode on the floor? No, but did we want it? Yes, of course we did. And it's and, and it's interesting and really impressive how much world building they do in shut such an efficient short amount of time. Um, the the yeah. absolute chaos that was that set design it looked wonderful, but. Good goddamn! I was like, "What are they even doing?" <laughs> like, it looks great, but who would ever have built these structures? Like, in any in any civilization, it was just like so much random stuff. But at least they made it look good, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, and I mean, that's the thing that's kind of that, that's striking about the story mode for nine, ten, and eleven. Nine, ten, eleven story is like like it, it's just so batshit insane. Mm-hmm. It's like. I guess the best tagline of it is Raiden, man, you really shouldn't have fucked up the timeline, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You really should have just like not tried to cheat. (laughs) And and it's, and it's great. Mortal Kombat 11 is amazing because um, it also, I mean that, that game was aware that it was coming out around. It came out last year, Mm -hmm. but it was, again, it was celebrating, you know, Hey man, 30 years of combat. It's very much it, 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 it has a lot to do with the nineties. They, they got that old song out of mothballs and did another rendition of it. But like, that's why, yeah, they did a, they have a combat pack with the old characters in it and it's great. It's great. Watch You get to play as Christopher Lambert and you actually get to kick ass with him though. It's, it's pretty damn good. Same thing with Sonya. Same thing with, um, with Johnny cage. It's very good. And, um, yeah, the story again, without, without spoiling it, cause you should check it out. Um, it's so hard. It's so hard not to look at it and not feel like it's just, it's all a Marvel movie. 
Yeah. It's just a big Marvel movie, man. It's just this big, huge, continuing meta universe with all kinds of bizarro ass characters from all kinds of weird dimensions, and we're time traveling trying to undo them winning last time. Yeah. That's all those games are about anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, like, do you think so with a new Mortal Kombat movie coming out? Right? Do you think? Yeah. Do you think this works because? because we're far enough removed from all the the original two movies do you think it works because of of the setup from like you know of the expectations of movies from DC and Marvel and stuff like that so now they're like okay we can do this and and people are going to kind of jump into this whole realm or is it a little bit of both well i mean i certainly i certainly imagine that like there's studio pr- perspective of this where it's like well we should just make some money on it otherwise why have it yeah um i don't know i think i think fandom will always want more mortal Kombat. i know that we're gonna take a break on the games for a while because they made like the last three games in pretty rapid succession mm-hmm. and ed boone and nether realm studios they've said they they kind of want to try something new they want not just like a new gameplay paradigm they want to like actually make some new games and stuff but like they want to make something that is not a mortal Kombat game yeah um because they did also they did talk- injustice in in between those, and it was just kind of like, all right, it's 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 basically Mortal Kombat with DC. It lets them play around with ideas, and it's kind of a yeah, it's kind of a place if you, especially with Injustice Two, mm-hmm. the stuff that like you can use to customize characters and dress them up. Yeah, you can tell the workshop for that is the Injustice stuff. Um, but then it's like, yeah, it's weird. You as you play, especially Mortal Kombat Eleven, it's like, man. Yeah, they they have some sort of stock actor who is like playing. They have stock actors who play different characters. Like they have a guy, they have a character model who's playing Superman and Johnny Cage. Yeah, and the chick playing Cassie Cage is Supergirl. And um, you know, it's it's that way with all kinds of characters. Um, you can tell like Dark Side. Dark Side is clearly Shao Kahn. Right. You know, um, it's a great money grab. <laughs> it's yeah. It, well, and it's the same thing. It, it's, um, it, you know, it, it's, it, it's really, it's really kind of the same basic idea. I, I, I really think those injustice games are awesome just because they took those DC characters and made a pretty cool premier fighting game out of them. Yeah. And there is no, like there aren't fatalities in it, but some of the attacks and some of the stuff is like over the top, crazy DC superhero shit. Mm hmm. That yeah, I can never even like even in a Mortal Kombat context, they'd be like, "Hey man, hey, hey, you got him. You can stop." You know, <laughs> like, why would you say that during a fatality? But you feel that way sometimes. But no, it, it's um, no, it's a great little fun side series that they work on. But no, they want to they want to make something like they've talked about. Like, you ever mess around like with the crypt and stuff in those games? Uh, in Mortal Kombat games? No. The crypt is sort of like the external repository for all of our artwork and shit and you can earn coins and unlock it which is okay. just sort of a yeah it's a silly metagame bullshit to add value to what you purchased sure but the crypt the way that the way it is in the mortal Kombat 11 the crypt is an interesting space to just sort of explore and walk around in and in mortal Kombat 10 they did this but that's what they you can tell it's like yeah they would they kind of want to do stuff more like that where 
what would it be again you think about stuff like mortal kombat mythology and sub-zero they were trying to make a platforming game out of mortal kombat i think that what they really want to do is like they want to make a zelda game out of mortal kombat they want to make a game that has like yeah that has like a big world that you can wander around because the crypt in mortal kombat 11 is shang Tsung's island and so we were talking about on the island it's like you're looking around it's like what the fuck is this place it's like well they recreate the island and it's like it's got everything it's got the like the lost forest is out there um, all the place where the monks would hang out, like the front courtyard. It's got Goro's lair. It's got everything. All the old levels are recreated in one big, huge, massive environment. Right. That's kind of cool. And they just don't have the fighting, right? I'm sorry. As it's just, it's kind of cool. Like they, that you can tell they have a lot of lore that they want to share with you, and yeah. and and this is just their creative way of doing that. I would, uh, I would be absolutely interested to see what they do next. I mean, I. I'm wondering if at this point they want to get out of the Mortal Kombat universe for a little while and do something completely different. Um, I've heard they want to. I've heard they want to do. They want to start a new IP. They want to start something original that isn't like related to anything else. They want. They they want to. They, they've they've got other ideas that it's like nah, it wouldn't be appropriate for Mortal Kombat, but we still want to play around with it. I, I've heard that. I've heard they want to try something new, but that's why again, you know, they're going to do their movie. They're going to do other stuff with that. There will always be more Mortal Kombat in our lives. Oh, absolutely. It's never going away. It'll never end. Yeah. It's too profitable to end. Mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like Doom. Doom's never going to go away. It might take a break, but Doom's never going to go away. Right. Um, it's very exactly. similar, you know, very similar uh, type of type of fandom to it. Very similar type of, uh, you know, just like, a, a, I guess, allure to it, you know, that, that brings people in. Um it also had a, a a pretty terrible movie attached to it. I mean, yeah, seems like it just needed to happen, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, no, it's it's good movie. I'm looking forward to the new one that's coming out. I am too. I, I'm purposely staying away from all of it just to see, you know, just so I'm nice and surprised by it. Um, I have a feeling it's going to probably. If I know, if I if it, if if from what I've seen in the little bit in the trailer, I've seen. I think it's going to end up taking people by surprise. Like people who probably normally wouldn't like it. I think anybody who's a who's a Mortal Kombat fan is going to love it. Um, but I think you're going to get a lot of people that are going to be like, whoa, because you do have a lot of people that are home. You do have a lot of people that are like, well, it's streaming and I got nothing to lose. I've got HBO Max. Yeah. And they're just going to stream that shit. And then they're going to be like, holy shit, I wasn't expecting it to be this badass, you know? And, uh, and- Well, it's, I mean, I think also... Yeah, it's getting, I mean, it's clearly like, you know, it got a Red Band trailer. They're clearly going for the hard R rating. Mm-hmm. I think people are a little bit more comfortable doing that at home anyway, too. Mm-hmm. I think they'll give it more of a chance. Um, yeah, this was like the first one was, it came out at a time where that movie was never going to get. Like, I mean, I wonder, there's all kinds of movies that like, you think about this, especially in the wake of um, that Zack Snyder version of Justice League, how many versions of movies out there where it's like, I know that there's like, there's an R-rated version of Scooby-Doo out there that James Gunn shot. Mm. Well, they just talked like, about uh, Mrs. Doubtfire had like an NC-17 cut. Like, I wonder, I wonder if there's an R-rated version of Mortal Kombat from 95. It wouldn't and surprise like they, me. They wanted to have options and they mm-hmm. were like, well, we'll talk to the studio, we'll shoot the stuff, we'll see what it is and like, you know, who knows? Maybe they were prepared where it's like, no, nah, man, let's like, like, let's like literally just make a Terminator movie and let's angle it towards that older crowd. Yeah. But then I guess they probably decided rightly so. It's like, 
it's a video game. Dude, you need you need to make it so that 13-year-olds can go to this movie. Well, and I think they're on the they're on the right path too because as far as the new Mortal Kombat movie goes cuz I mean, you know, your, your guy playing Sub-Zero is is Joe Taslim, which if you watched any any of the Raid movies, that's the guy. That's Jaka. You know, yeah. that's the you, amazing action. Amazing action. And I think that you're going to you're going to have a uh you're going to have a very cool movie. I don't think it's going to be what people think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to like, and, and in a good way too, I think it's going to be something that is going to uh, change up, change up from the formula they used in 95. And it's going to be something that goes into those dark, those dark uh, backstories of some of these guys. Cause there is some dark shit. If you read into any of the stuff for, uh, yeah. for mortal Kombat, a lot of it's fucking tragic. Almost everybody's got a tragic story. I don't know. If, I don't know if anybody, on the roster that's got a good story involved well it's like yeah what's what's the what what's the primer of the of the rivalry between sub-zero and scorpion it's basically like through didn't one kill the others the other's family yeah through a misunderstanding a clan murdered a dude's family and killed him Mm -hmm. and he swore to come back and seek vengeance but he was tricked by a sorcerer and now he's his slave forever you're right it's tragic and it's just like it just kept getting weirder and weirder and it just it really got fucked up when quan chi got involved that it's their their story is bizarre and it's just one of many there's so many i mean just so weird 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 rivalries the stuff between shinnok and raiden mm-hmm the stuff between um like all the shit between Melina and Katana and Jade and yeah. all that royal intrigue crap it there's there's such a weird long deep rabbit hole yeah. of Mortal Kombat lore there's the uh, there's, it's magnificent yeah when you get over to that royalty side then you're talking about like games of Game of Thrones type of situations all kinds of like yeah, yeah just just all kinds of fucking like just people screwing each other over and just not you know not giving it just all kinds of betrayal and shit I, I think it's they, they, if they do it right they stand the chance of having a really cool uh, cinematic universe well Absolutely. that's what that again that's what the studio wants man you don't want success. You don't want a block off blockbuster hit. You want you want a universe. You want a cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Franchises are so fucking nineties, man. You want a cinematic universe. Well, yeah, you want that. And and when you set up a good universe that people are going to at least stick their head in the room and check it out, like then that's a paycheck, right? Like that's something that's like, well, we know we're going to get X amount of return if we do this you know spin get off you, onto this movie get your universe and then you get your multiverse <laughs> and then you get the water and then you get the power that's right you get that's our multiverse right. and get our water and we get our power <laughs> um plan yeah i'm looking forward to it i mean i know you know we're, we're not gonna spend this whole time talking about mortal Kombat, but man i it was nice to go back and i think i just rewatched the uh 95 mortal Kombat. Other than this week, I think I just rewatched it maybe maybe four or five months ago. Like when I was just doing something in the living room, I put it on and I was just kinda like, damn, they just they just did a good job with it. Like for what it was, for something that on paper anybody would have been like, This is gonna fucking suck. Like if you were if someone read you the the synopsis, you were like, Well, how are they gonna make this into a 
into a thing. Well, they did. And um, they did a pretty good job with it. You know, they even gave us the, uh, they even gave us the, uh, our Princess Leia in, uh, in Bind's moment where they had, uh, you know, Sonya chained up like she is in the uh, background of Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> what else, uh, what else have you been watching, man? I know we've had a, a, quite a few big things uh, come across Disney Plus lately. We've got a, quite a few big things coming up on Disney Plus. Um, WandaVision was wild. WandaVision was wild. WandaVision was very good. Um, I like um, I like the um, the Captain uh, the the uh, Captain America Four the expanded <laughs> edition. You've been watching right. that, yeah? We, we're we're up on that, yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 good. It's good. Um I'll tell you this. This is this is something that I do feel. Um while I think the action's cool and I think that the um they put a lot of money into that show, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um it, they have they have like kind of the like so far, there's only been two episodes, but they have like the we're gonna have an action set piece per episode. It's like, okay, great. Um and while they look good. The second one in particular, it's like, you know, and, and this is just something about fighting in a lot of, it's not just this, it's a lot of projects. This is a problem in The Dark Knight Rises. This is the problem that I have with a lot of stuff where you have fights where it's like one or two people versus 24. Right. <laughs> you get this problem where it's like, a lot of these motherfuckers are standing around. Yeah. People with guns are just standing there. What are they shooting at? Like sometimes you're like, what are what are they shooting at? <laughs> and it's well, everybody seems to be standing around waiting for their reaction shot. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, what's going on with Bucky over there? Well, these two guys are hanging on to him, and in about two seconds, he's gonna throw the <laughs> shield, and then Bucky's gonna catch it. And it's like, it's that way with a lot of fight. And it's just, it's a little weird. I would much rather, I would much rather they bring the numbers down, make it a real fight, or if it's going to be a fucking soccer riot, let it be a fucking chaos soccer riot. But understand that that stuff is limited and, yeah, probably not to be happening on the top of two trucks. It looks cool, but it's just at a certain point, I can't. Well, at a certain point, it's it's the the intro cutscene for Johnny Cage in 1995 Mortal Kombat, right? It's the limits to fight choreography that some <laughs> people just don't want to get. But it's really <laughs> cool. And I like Sebastian Stan a lot. And I like um I like Anthony Mackie a lot. And again, mm-hmm. it just it feels like fucking Captain America part four, which is I mean, that's exactly what we wanted, right? Well, and and you know, me and the wife were kind of talking about how it was like a sh- not not shocking because it, it is the Marvel universe, but to go from weeks of WandaVision which is a very differently paced show <laughs> Yeah, straight into basically another Marvel movie. And this is kind of like, Oh, we're just going to open right the fuck up with explosions. Here we go. You know, it's, it was like, it was like, Whoa, okay. We're shifting gears back to what we're used to. Cause yeah. Regular Marvel. Yeah. They took us away. They took us away in a good way. It was really, it was a really cool nostalgic yeah. look at TV. It was a really cool nostalgic look at, at Marvel and, and, and to kind of explore some, some interesting, like, multiverse type stuff you know especially with the brother coming in and all that stuff like it was it was really cool um but man they they punched you right in the face with falcon and winter soldier yeah no i i 
I like, um, I'll tell you this though. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't want to spoil too much um, because that hasn't been out as long. Um, but I like, I like the side characters. Um, yeah. They take their time to introduce um, Falcon's family. Yeah. They, um, they spend a lot. I mean, it's very clear. Um, Bucky's psychologist is going to be a very important person in this show. Yeah. They, otherwise we would have seen her once and that's it. Well, and it's, well, it's not just that man. It's little things that are said and little connections that are made between her and other characters that just make it clear that it's like, there's a lot yeah, of implications. I mean, it's not just like you're front loading. It's not like just front loading this person and making me exposed to this person. It's like, this person's going to be more important to him than he, than, than even he wants her to be it by the end of it. Um, yeah. They do. They, they really do a good job. Like one of the things that I like about those Captain America movies, but it's kind of like unfortunate is that it's like, they don't ever, they never really got to like the depths of the loneliness that Steve Rogers was dealing with in those comics for a long time, mm-hmm. but they seem to be a little bit better with it with Bucky. You know, they right. really, they, you know, with with Captain America, you always kind of felt like, well, he hangs out with the Avengers all the time. He's not lonely. He's got friends <laughs> that he's hanging out with and doing shit all the time. And it's like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But it's like, that's not actually how it was for a long time. It's like, yeah, I mean, he was an Avenger. But like when they were doing the Falcon Captain America comic, it's like he was hanging out with Falcon because life was just so shitty and boring and he didn't have any other friends otherwise. Yeah. So I like that angle. And then the whole thing of, um, again, just generally, a general question of, so who the fuck pays these people? Mm-hmm. That's actually been something they talked about in comics quite a bit. And it is appropriate that we're talking about it now because it's actually kind of in the wake of Civil War. Mm-hmm. The whole thing of it's like, oh, the Sokovia Accords is, well, you work for the government. It's like, well, hey, if I work for the government, don't I get government benefits? Don't I get paid? Yeah. And the truth is, yes. Yeah, that was actually kind of the the carrot part of this equation of, no, you listen, you should reveal yourself. You should let us know who you are. Let us take control of deploying you. And in return, we'll make sure you're taken care of because that's what we do for military. Karen says the idea of Bucky filling out a W-2 is fucking hilarious. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Oh God. Yeah, that is that is a little weird, right? Um, Don't have any extra earnings. <laughs> alone. I got nothing. Sleep sleep on the floor. <laughs> For no reason. Right next to a perfectly fine bed. <laughs> I like soccer. I like to leave the soccer on overnight. Helps me sleep, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's no, it's it's a cool show. It's a cool show. Um, yeah. and yeah, we're we're gonna we're just gonna have to get used to that this year, dude. We're gonna have we're gonna have some a Marvel or a Star Wars something every week for the rest of the goddamn year. Yeah, and well, and if they get to where they want to get, they'll probably just have the whole calendar set for us going forward. Oh no, it is. Yeah, because they're they started shooting the Obi Wan shit now. Yeah, I heard about and, that. And. The Bad Batch show is coming up in a few weeks. Yeah, they just dropped that trailer yesterday or the day before. Yeah, it looks badass. And then it's like, I mean, then there's like, oh, the 11 other um, concurrently, you know, in production, Star Wars productions along the other, you know, dozen Marvel stuff. Like, seriously, get ready. This is just the way it is. It started with WandaVision. 
and it's never going to, we're never going to stop. We may have like a week with a break, but we're just going to launch into everything. And that is the comic print model. You were, you remember when you were buying print comics for a bit, Mm -hmm. you saw it for a little while. It's like, yeah, man, dude, this train never stops every week. Some new earth shattering thing that you must do it. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. And it's like, yeah, that that's welcome to Disney plus. That's yeah. the way this is going to be. That's how they keep you from going to a theater from now on. Well, and that that and the fact that now that it's all under one umbrella, the the big benefit, like what what usually what killed a lot of franchises or what killed a lot of uh, you know things back in the day would be like, okay, well the movie rights are under this, and then the TV rights are here, and so all of a sudden you got two very different quality outputs. Whereas like if I'm watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, I don't. I, I don't necessarily know if like if like if so you were to go back and show me that and I didn't know anything about Disney Disney Plus I'd be like this is a movie like it's not a TV show it's a fucking movie I can see you know it, it's the same quality as any of the other Marvel shows never seen anything that they were doing on top of those semi tractor trailers and up and up and up in, in the canyon stuff with those windsuits I've never seen that shit in a TV show absolutely not like they're able to keep this level they're able to keep this level of uh just quality to the to the content that's contained, even if it's something completely different like WandaVision. But even if it's like uh, we saw it with the Mandalorian, I mean, it it the the quality does not change from movie to TV show, which is amazing. And I think you know, obviously, if you go back and you know, you watch stuff on D for from DC, the movies not only are they very different quality, completely different actors, completely different types of costumes. I mean, one's on CW, the other one's a you know a major motion picture. Like it's very different budgets they're dealing with. But it seems like what's what's important is that it is all worked no matter what, though. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's and it will continue to work. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm with you then in the sense that it's like yeah, so much has not changed. But one thing that has changed that's been cool. You saw this with WandaVision. We'll mm-hmm. continue to see it with Winter Soldier. Um. You don't get it in the movies as much. You get this like, you get a lot of people theorizing, 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 and then it comes out. Okay. And then it's spoiler mode. Yeah. That's not the rhythm anymore. Now we're just in perpetual theorization mode. Is there spoilers? It's like, yeah, but it's like, it just leads into perpetual theorizing. Mm-hmm. That's what's really different. Um, When, when, when WandaVision was on, Dude, everybody was convinced that Mephisto was going to show up along with Reed Richards and the fucking X-Men. Yeah. Remember? And it's like, none of that stuff materialized, but you wouldn't have known different for these people, you know, disseminating their own headcanon online. Well, yeah, you can't get that. You can't get that waiting six months between releases. You can't. And the other thing that's brilliant to me, and and we touched on this in the last uh, episode with uh, with Banshee and Sheets. Um I'm kind of glad the week to week thing is back. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the way the release schedule goes, like a lot of people do like when you drop everything at once so you can watch everything. But man, I really enjoy the fact that now I can watch something and be like, Oh, what the fuck's going to happen next week? I can't immediately be satisfied. It's the same, same feeling we had when, you know, regardless of how it ended, like how we felt with game of Thrones, like what's going to happen next week. You're watching the preview. Like, well, why are they showing this guy? Like, are they going to, are they gonna kill him? Like, what's gonna happen? Like, so you're you're back to the way you felt when you were watching your favorite TV shows back in the day. Like, 
nope, I guess we got to wait until next week to find out what the fuck happens to him. We've, we've addressed this many times from a production standpoint, from an audience standpoint, it's got undeniable benefits. You can course correct. You have an opportunity to, if you're releasing in this way, um, you, you have the ability to keep tension up in a way that you can't otherwise. I remember the best illustration I ever heard from anybody about why week to week release is superior is somebody was talking about the Mandalorian season two. Mm -hmm. And I am going to spoil this to illustrate the point for anybody who hasn't seen Mandalorian season two, I'm going to say right now. And if you give a shit, you probably know Luke Skywalker shows up at the very end and does some really awesome shit. If you had just released the entire season at once, yeah, that's all anybody would fucking talk about. Yeah, you would not. Nobody talk about Ahsoka. Nobody would talk about you know. Oh, we found out who that little baby Yoda thing is. Nobody would talk about anything else that happened in that entire show. A lot of cool shit happened on that show. Nobody yeah. would have talked about it. They'd talk about that fucking awesome crazy shit that Luke Skywalker did at the end. And it's like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, no, no, that. No, man, you know what? Honestly, I knowing that, I wouldn't rather go back and just have had all of season two up front. Yeah. No, thanks, man. No, thanks, dude. I no, something there's something to be said about that drip, drip, drip. Because the Ahsoka reveal was incredible. Yeah. It gave her it gave us a week to really enjoy that. It was awesome to see in live action. It's like, oh man, we haven't seen somebody do live action lightsaber shit since the Disney films. And it's like Honestly, it felt like, oh man, you finally did live action lightsaber shit more like the cartoons. Yeah. I can't tell you how long I've been waiting for you to fucking just, you just fucking do that, which is why I'm really looking forward to the Obi-Wan show. I'm glad Hayden Christensen is coming back. I he deserves another crack at it and I want to see them. It's like, no, seriously, just go get the dude who was making the cartoons. Just go get the old actors. Just give me some, just give me some Clone Wars flashbacks. Yeah, I don't really give a shit what any of it's about. I just want to see them get in those cartoon costumes and pull out lightsabers and kick ass. And I don't want George Lucas to be involved. I'm going to see what it's like. Well, and the the week to week with it, like it just keeps everyone on the same page. And like you said, this the the stuff that was exciting got to be exciting for a longer period of time. And, you know, someone in chat saying week to week encourages you to really internalize what you've seen, to really appreciate it over uh, over uh, appreciate it over just one big dump uh, to shovel off the weekend. Like kind of like it's it, it is it's something to look forward to. It's something to be like, dude, everybody was crazy about Osaka, like Osaka for like that week. They were like, holy shit, can you believe that they've done this? And I think you're right. I think it would have been completely overshadowed by the fact of what happens at the end of season two. Um, it was the same thing with same thing with WandaVision. We would not have had look, yeah, maybe there's some disappointment that oh no 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 Fisto, but dude, the memes were great. Mm. And the ride was worth it. Yeah. And honestly, I that's the way to go. It's smarter. Disney understands this from a marketing perspective. If only from a marketing's perspective, yeah. Yeah, it's smarter. And that's gonna win the day. Mm. They got a hundred million people on their network. They did. They did it, man. They took their time, but they knocked it out of the park with their streaming service. They played the long they the con. Best, they, have the, they got the best streaming service online. So much so that HBO Max, man. I'm not saying HBO is bad. 
I'm seeing that they're doing ridiculous, desperate things just to catch up, and that's true. Mm. Justice League, Mortal Kombat, Wonder Woman, the whole uh, oh yeah, we'll do it on uh, you know in streaming in theaters at the same time. It's like you say it's because of COVID. It's not because of COVID. It's because of Disney Plus. Yeah, because you've got to catch up to that. Because man, seriously, they you heard about Black Widow, right? No, Black Widow, thirty bucks. Same day as the theater. Wow. Worth it? You think worth it? We'll find out. This is a great experiment to see. Will people pay 30 bucks? Oh, that's what they've been doing with their animated stuff. Well, they did it with Mulan, but it was like, Mulan isn't Black Widow. Didn't they do it with Raya too, the, the new one? They've done it with all kinds. Of, they did it with Bill and Ted 3. They've done it with a lot of ones, but it's like, this is different. This mm. is a marvel. This is not Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was released for free. Well, it needed and to be. And the thing is, it's like, it, <laughs> seriously, just do the simple math. They have 100 million people watching. Let's say they get 20 million people, one-fifth of their audience to give them $30. Yeah. They just made $600 million, and they don't have to split that shit with a theater. Yeah. That right there... Like you talk about, oh no, man, you need in order the stuff to be worth it, you know, you need to make a certain amount. And it's like, well, all the blockbuster numbers we're used to dealing with. Yeah. Oh, 1.8 million, 1.4 million. It's like, yeah, you gotta cut that in half. That's what the studio is actually making. And so when you say 1.2 million, no, it was 600 million. It's like, okay, so you're telling me that if this does the same kind of business that Captain Marvel did, but you did it on stream instead of theater, but you made the same amount of money. If that happens, we'll find out when this comes out. If they can do it, if they can get if they can get twenty million people to give them thirty million dollars, we will never see theaters. The, the, that's it. That's that's the nail in the coffin. Theaters are done. Uh, do you, we'll still see them. There's going to be something about the concerted concert level experience of seeing shit with live with other people. Yeah, but they'll have to resort to something to go like see a public exposition. That's not going to happen anymore. I'm they'll sorry, have to resort ahead. to things like it's a different cut of the movie or you know, it's going to have to be gimmicked up bullshit bullshit. No, this is why we come back to justice league. Justice yeah. league was four hours long. There's no goddamn way that thing could have existed in a theater. True. No goddamn way. And it's the better movie. Joss yeah. Whedon's like two hour piece of shit that sucked. So wait a minute. So, okay. So this is the dilemma we have now. We can either have proper goddamn decent stories that cannot exist in theaters or we can go to the theater and watch stuff that's shit. And what's funny is like the proper goddamn decent stories you're talking about are, have turned into what TV is now. <laughs> I mean, it can't exist TV, in theaters. All TV is, is basically the, the weekly schedule that was set up by radio and comic books. Mm -hmm. We're returning to form. Yeah. And not all of it's not all of it's the same. Not all media is the same. When you're broadcasting a UFC fight, it's not the same as a Marvel release. You know, mm -hmm. it's different worlds, different ecosystems. But yeah, it, it's the online model is here to stay. I'm interested to see what the next year is going to be. I mean, that's the that's the other thing. It's just like so. Blackwood is going to come out in theaters while they're doing this. I'm still I'm thinking that movie is going to be a massive success because yeah, a lot of people are going to get it at home. But I think a lot of people are also just going to go and see it in a theater because people 
people are going to want any opportunity they can to just get the fuck out and finally go see something in a theater and know that it's not like we're not risking anything because yeah, like possibly 200 million people in America could be vaccinated, like fully vaccinated by the time it gets in. Yeah. And if they can get there, then yeah, that's huge. It'll be huge online and it'll be huge in theaters and that'll be just a big win for them altogether. I'm glad, I'm glad that they're doing it. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. The new Black Widow, that's been on the shelf for a long time. Yeah. That was supposed to come out long before WandaVision or Falcon and Winter Soldier. They've been talking about that, it feels like, forever. Um, let's see, a couple people in chat. You got to wonder uh, how many shit superhero movies would have actually been better if they were one season of, of 10 episodes, like a miniseries. Um, someone else brought up to that point, uh, The Watchmen comes to mind, uh, the, the last season of Watchmen. Um, I will ne- I will never not sing the praise of that 12 part um motion comic series. It's far superior to the movie. The movie's ugh, not bad. Man. But it's far superior in terms of like actually telling the real story that that comic tells which is one of a kind. Yeah. Well, in the movie I I, I still love the movie cuz I I loved the book and like I'm I just wish they had had the foresight or anybody had the foresight to be like, man, this would be a much better series. And it would be a movie because you got so much shit. Because that was for the time it was released. Like it still was close to like a. It was like a two and a half hour movie still, right? I mean the the uncut version was like three hours. Um, I mean it's it just I feel like so many movies in the past. And like now that you can go back and change this, and you could in a way, but nobody's gonna want to put the money into it. Like so many movies in the past could have been, uh, way more uh, done way more justice as series. Well, but this extends back into the history of comic book films. Take the Superman movie. Mm-hmm. There's like five cuts of that damn thing. Yeah. That movie that movie was made back first two were made back to back. That thing was shot as a they shot like a ten hour movie. Mm. They they did. They've been do that's and why? Budget reasons. It's cheaper to do it that way. Especially if you're dealing with something where it's like, oh no, we're gonna make a big franchise. Like, yeah, that's why they did. That's why they did all those Harry Potter movies like that, back to back. You know, Lord why of the you Rings, take a big movie, and you cut it up into multiples. Yeah, yeah. It's like on a certain level, it's like, oh, we can make more money. It's like, yeah, and you're gonna need to make that much money because you can't fund this any other way. Yeah, and, well, and think about just the the contract, like money aside, contract negotiations. If you're doing them three separate times or a few separate times, think about. The fact that peop- the tragedy happens, people go away, people get sick, people get older. When you're talking about stuff like Harry Potter, um, you know, like the the way that, you know, you, you're trying to keep continuity. You can't come back three or four years later with the same kids when they, they're, they're all, they've all got stubble on their face, you know, when they were just little little children in the, ne- in the movie before. So you got so much, so many things to keep up with there. And it's all praise to our Lord Kevin Feige. <laughs> the, the, the greatest organizer the 21st century has ever seen george lucas was the greatest organizer of the 20th century yeah but he was usurped he was usurped by by kevin feige because that's all this is right mm. organization all yeah. these things all these contingencies and you can't really you can do your best you can try to hope for it but man he seems to create he, he seems to have created the happiest island of i i i've seen Al Pacino is ready to debase himself to get into a Marvel film. <laughs> it's crazy, man. And and 
and well, and I mean that's why the Disney Plus stuff is also great because it's like, nah, man, you know what? They'll let a lot, they'll let a lot more people back into the tent because these sh- these Marvel shows let them explore like these lesser characters. You know, I'm so glad we're getting Zemo. We're getting Zemo in the mask, and we don't have to worry about any origin bullshit with him. It's like, no, fuck that. We did that in Civil War. Let's just let Zemo be a fucking terrorist, man. You know, <laughs> I I, I want to see more of that. Um, Catherine Hahn was such a wonderful, happy surprise from WandaVision. And they they did the right thing with her. She'll stick around. She'll be around. We'll see them all in fucking Doctor Strange, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing stops this train, man. Nothing stops the Marvel train. Nothing stops the Star Wars train. How big is a Kevin? Stops this shit. How how big is a Kevin Feige fucking paycheck? I don't think it's about the money with him anymore. I don't think so either. But man, every time I think, I think I well, no, I really, I think that it. You talk about people like that. Money isn't a reward. Money is a resource. Money is important. Money's necessary, but it's the power. It's the mm. power to say no. It's the power to say yes. It's the power to do things when people are like, I don't know about it's like well, I'm doing a sitcom homage. Twenty-five <laughs> million dollars an episode. We're going all the way. And it's and everybody in the room is like that could be really cool. Yeah. Kevin, that could be really awesome. I th- I think we could make that. I think we could make that really special. Well, That's what he's got. Also, which, the people in the room are like, are like well, this guy hasn't failed, so let's just let him keep going. Let him run the ball. Let Forrest Gump run with the fucking ball. Walking trees, talking raccoons. Yeah. Yeah. We. I, well, he, he's doing he, something. He made, he, Go ahead. He had no right to make the jokes he made about Back to the Future, but he made them and we laughed. <laughs> well, and, and think about it like this. <laughs> he's doing what, what people stri- have strived to do throughout history. How do you put your name on as much shit that people are going to see as possible? His name's on every bit of that shit that people are going to be watching for years and years until we're dead and gone. People are still going to be watching this shit. Yeah, but he earned it. You know, he yeah, yeah he did. He's been he's been. I think the first thing he worked on was um he was an associate producer on X Men. Okay, that's I think that's where he got started, and he was like again. Wasn't he wasn't the top of the food chain, but he's been there ever since then, and he has seen it done right. He has seen it done very wrong. Guy's very experienced. Guy knows how to make a dollar work. It's not. I mean, they spend a ridiculous amount of money in that studio, and they have for a long time. But they get their fucking money's worth. They don't waste money at Marvel. Um, they haven't been perfect. The biggest bane at that studio is the leaks. Did you hear? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna give you a fair warning. I'm not gonna talk about it other than to give a warning to you and everybody listening out there. They're making an Eternals movie. You've seen that, right? I've heard about it, yeah. The whole plot leaked yesterday. Oh. Well, I guess you your 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 whole infrastructure gets so big, like where do you you don't even know where to begin plugging the holes, man. I also think that, you know, people don't care about the spoilers, really. People say that they do, but it's all relative. I've gotten to where it's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I know that Thanos loses in the end. Right. I get it. You know, I understand. Oh, my God, he's going to die. Yeah, I know. And I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see how they do it. I want to see how they pull it off. It's the same thing. It's always been with these comic books. I know what the fuck happens in the storyline weeks ahead of it coming out and i've known about it for weeks because this book has been delayed for four months 
<laughs> all the other storylines that have already confirmed this shit have already been going on. So, dude, there are no secrets. There are no revelations. Yeah. There is enjoying the symphony. You know? Yeah. I know exactly. I know how the opera ends. I'm here for the performance. I'm here to see, man. I want to look at this splash page. And in the moment of the splash page, it's like, holy shit, that's fucking incredible. You drew 90 goddamn heroes on that page. That's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why you're there. That's why people keep watching reaction videos of this is the audience reacting to the portal scene. And we've watched it 8 million times. Right. Yeah. Uh, someone in chat, people care about the spoilers as long as they want the emotional journey to the spoiler content. Just getting the payoff is cheap, like clicking, yes, uh, you are over 18 on a porn site. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely more about getting to that point to find out how they, they, they decide to kill someone or how they decide to do this, whatever X spoiler is. Um, that's definitely the, the more important aspect of it. I think, um, I think that's another reason why it's good to release it periodically over time. If you want to binge to just turn off for a while, mm-hmm. We've actually been in that rhythm for a long time. It's like, I miss the old days when they just had a Marvel movie come out every while. And they just have it like a little bit every down again. It's like, oh, so you miss the days of trade paperbacks. Well, here's an idea. Just wait for WandaVision to finish and then just watch it in one big blast. And then guess right. what? You're getting you're getting your you're getting your Marvel movie. You're getting like getting like a four hour Marvel movie mm-hmm. every two months, as opposed to you're getting a two hour Marvel movie twice a year. Right. And it's again, you can have what you want. It requires a little discipline on your part, I guess, but it's not that hard. Just don't worry about it. Um, because they're just they're gonna pump out they're gonna pump out shit where, you know, it's gonna it's gonna exacerbate the um the man child complaints. We are so far past the silver age origin story shit. They're gonna start putting out the really weird shit. They're gonna put out the black lady Iron Man show. Mm-hmm. They're gonna put out the uh the Ms. Marvel show. They're going to put out um, the chick from Bumblebee, who is new Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, everybody's going to complain about it. But you know what? This we're again, they're going to watch it. The usual shit. Is, we're so we're done with it. And everybody's I mean, we're still we have to set up for X-Men. Yeah, set up for Fantastic Four. You're not going to set up for X-Men in two or three episodes of WandaVision. How dare you? How dare <laughs> how dare you? How would you sully the X-Men like that? That's dog shit. An entire phase is going to be required to prepare for the emergence of mutant dumb. And you know it. And it's going to be great. Yeah, that's what, that was the other thing I was thinking about. Back, is have we? They haven't said anything about X-Men. I, like, there's, there's really nothing going on. What was the last thing we got? Apocalypse was the last thing we got from X-Men. And that was before, that was before Disney took over everything at Fox. Well, we are on the cusp of doing a Spider-Man movie, which has all the other Spider-Man from all the other Spider-Man movies in it. Okay. It opens the door to wondering. It's like, dude, do you, do you think we could entice Hugh Jackman to come back? And you say, no, no, come on. No way. It's over. It's over, man. But then it's like, Michael Keaton is going to be Batman again in the next flash. You never say never, man. Yeah. You're telling me you're telling me that the script wasn't good and it's like no man dude 
you want to put Wolverine in an Avengers movie, you're telling me Hugh Jackman would be like, I don't know, man. I think I've done everything I want to do with that character. That's a bunch <laughs> of, it's just a, such a crock of shit. He's just, he just wants such a crock of shit. <laughs> all, all someone like Hugh Jackman wants is something good to be put in front of him. Like not even money wise. I don't think that even matters. Like, please just put something, a good story in front of me. I mean, but also it's like, seriously, look, don't get me wrong. Marvel, Marvel casting, Marvel casting is, you know, wise beyond reason, but maybe they will conclude. It's just like, dude, no, we we're going to have to just give him whatever amount of money he wants because we can't recast it. Yeah. How are you going to recast Iron Man? How are you going to recast Iron uh, Robert Downey Jr.? You don't. You make a show about a black girl who makes an Iron Man suit. That's how you recast Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, you got. You have to take a certain amount of time away from from roles that strong by act. You know, from actors who who are in roles that strong. Like you don't just move into the next. You just can't do it. Like it's just. I I just don't see it happening like that. I think, like you said, they're going to start exploring the more, um, you know, the more uh, just obscure stuff. Um, has there been any talk about what the next phase is going to be? Or is it just going to be all the small stuff for now? It's hard to say because the thing is like, all right, you got, so again, there's like a dozen different projects that are being worked on right now. A lot of them are shows, but mm-hmm. there's still some movies they're making. Um, they're still making that Spider-Man movie. Um, and that'll be the first full movie There's, under under the under the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? For Spider Man, anyway. Well, I don't know. Um, that'll be the third movie, and that could be the end of it. That could be the kind of the capstone. Okay. Because again, it's gonna be it's gonna be batshit weird. It's gonna introduce like Toby's in it. Andrew Darfield's coming back. Willem Dafoe's in it. The guy got the guy who was playing Doc Ock was in it. I, again, that that's a multiverse movie, mm-hmm. which again, op- it, it, it that's gonna open weird doors, right? Um, but. Black Panther 2 is a big question mark. Yeah. They're not they're not going to recast him. Mm-mm. I don't think that's how that works. I think how that works is that Wakanda will keep going. And they should probably make a Wakanda show, but that's that is a question mark because they still got the dude who made the first one. He was like locked in and making stuff for it and it's like yeah, Chadwick Boseman didn't really tell anybody. They and nobody's like, I mean, everybody gets it. It's like, well, yeah, it's nobody's business. He's dying of cancer. Right. But yeah, nobody really knows what to do with that one. And so that's kind of like, well, that was a big deal. That was a huge fucking movie Um, that had a lot of other moving gears with it. And so that's kind of not knowing what people are going to do with that. Um, When it comes to Fantastic Four, they've been really clear that they're working on it and they're going to introduce that family quickly. I, I still remain committed to the idea the family is irrelevant. It's Dr. Doom that they really want to get in there quickly. Dr. Doom is probably best introduced not in a Fantastic Four film, but more as a just as something in the Marvel Universe, just as him unto himself. And that's not hard. You just re, you just introduce Latveria the way you introduce Wakanda. You know, we had what, like eight? to 10 movies before Wakanda appeared. It's like Wakanda was always there. Mm-hmm. That very will always be there. I think that they have, to, th- that would probably be the best way to do that, but they also want to do Namor. And I think that to do something with Namor and Latveria and Wakanda, 
you can scratch a certain Game of Thrones itch with the royal nations of the Marvel universe. Because those are immutable factions that are never going away. Mm -hmm. And they're all different parts of Earth that are very interesting. You know, more interesting than the United Nations. So... I think that they'll do that kind of stuff. Um, they're doing um, they're doing uh, armor wars. That's going to be the roadie show. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing uh, secret wars, or, or I'm not, I'm not, not secret wars, secret invasion, which is the Nick Fury show with the scroll stuff. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they're doing um, like I said, that Hawkeye show. Um, when you think about this, it's like, which one of these strands is the meta narrative? You know, which one of these finally gets to, you know, the seven colored Skittles that we're looking for for the glove that will erase half of humanity's story. Right. I don't know where that ends up. I don't know if they'll go down that road much again. Um, They have a whole lot of stuff like that's just their that's just their cross character events in Marvel. They've been doing that for decades. They'll probably just pull off of that playbook. But um, but right now it's kind of fragmented and um, it's good this way because you have so much to offer so many different people. And that's always been the power of the brand. Very few like true believers with a capital T and capital B really love it all, man. They Mm -hmm. just love every ounce of it. It's like very few people actually consume this shit like that. But there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of folks that are just into one or two elements of it. Yeah. There are plenty of people out there. Just, man, they just love Iron Man. They they, they love Robert Downey Jr. Love that character. Love those movies. They go to them all the time. And yeah, they totally love catching an Avengers, man, because they like Iron Man, but also the other ones are fun, but uh, they just, uh, don't do the, uh, don't really do the Spider-Man. It's, uh, well, and that's the thing, right? Like, that's the reason They're why not teenagers, you, man. You yeah. Know? Well, and that's also the reason a good, another good reason for making a universe, not because you want that, consistent flow of a paycheck right like we were talking about with mortal Kombat or whatever like you want to make something big enough to where it's like well it may not appeal to this this set of people but it's going to appeal to this other set of people and by doing that you have it's just like video games like i like certain types of video games well you like different types of video games but it doesn't mean that those two types of video games can't exist in the same world right um and especially in the transmedia world of this stuff where oh yeah these movies are great fantastic even but you really understand that all this pomp and circumstance is just so they can make a theme park because that's where the real money is. Yeah, <laughs> you know they're ma- you know you know they're making they're making a Marvel Land. Yeah, they're making Super Mario just, World too. <laughs> just like you said with video games. Yeah, yeah, the properties are great. There's a lot to be done on that with that respective stuff. But yeah, it's the other expansive transmedia elements. That's the shit where you. I mean, if we're if we're going to be about money, and sooner or later there are plenty of people that are interested in money, something's going to pay for this party. Yeah, I mean, it's though there's that. I mean, like people just want to be immersed in it, like they just want to. I mean, there's a whole reason why the whole Star Wars world at at Disney works is because people just want to go get lost in that shit for a little while, you know. And from what I hear, it's like you know, I, I've not been there. I've heard it's like, yeah, it's their usual. Everything is ridiculously overpriced. Um, everything comes with kind of strings attached, but who gives a fuck, man? Look, it's the millennial fucking falcon walking around inside. <laughs> you know, they get that part yeah. very right. Yeah, they do. And and from what I understand, that new ride is incredible. Um, 
it's like a video game basically right you just you you, you do a tour inside and then you get to the front of the ship and you play a video game where like somebody's piloting somebody doing a shield and shit is that right no this is uh this is very much a a hollywood production style like you're you're going through an actual hangar with actual tie fighters and people that are actually in costume walking around and doing acting and shit like it is full immersion that's what i want that i haven't gotten yet where it's like i understand it's a dystopic future but can't you just make something kind of like westworld i don't want them to be robots i want them to be normal people but like can you let me have that i'll mm. pay a shit ton of money yeah can you let me do that with star wars i would love to do that with star wars just to go live live on tatooine for a week <laughs> even if it were just for like no nah, man it's 24 hours it's like okay okay we get in the clothes and it's like the 24 hour clock is going to start. We're going to go have some fun. And then we're and then after the 24 hours is over, then we're done. It's like, it's going to cost us. They're going to charge us $2,500 for 24 hours. It's like, fuck it. Let's go, Let's man. Let's fucking I'm, get I'm, out I'm there. Ready. <laughs> I, if everybody's ready to play, I'm ready to fucking play. I, I would like to see that more. I, you know, there's, this is kind of getting off on the tangent, uh, uh, but if it's like, you know, again, you know, the year is changing. I don't know about you. I want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Everybody wants to. I'm this, you know, we think about this stuff. There's a lot of attractions. A lot of the things that I want to see that are new that are coming out. Like, have you heard this again? This is slightly different, but a little germane to this. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about the Atari hotel? No. Okay. In Las Vegas in a few years, the Atari hotel will be completed. And when I say that, it's like, Maybe in 2033. I don't know. It's a Vegas hotel. And you know how those things can be. Right. Um, but they're going to make enough. Like I've seen, if you go online and you type in the Atari hotel, you see a concept work of it. It's 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 extraordinary. They're just going to make a big, huge, massive fucking Atari logo and make a goddamn hotel out of it. <laughs> but it's going to be a museum of video games. Yeah. It's not. It's it's it is a Las Vegas thing. And they're going to make the video game hotel. They're going to go heavy into the, no, no. I mean, you know, sometimes when people talk about theme stuff, people are getting away from themes. It's like, no, fuck that. We're going to go hard into the theme. We're going to make like the way that Sid Mead drew the future in the eighties. We're going to make a place like that. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be amazing and incredible. It's going to be expensive, like crazy huge like that, but it will be for everybody. Obviously, bring your children to the video game museum, please. But you 40 and 50 year old motherfuckers who remember like actually playing Pong. No, you guys need to come hang out, too, because we're making something for you. We're making we're making the premier video game museum. Can't wait for it. Yeah. All kinds of fun projects like that out there, man. Well, you play it. You like, play to who's got the buying power, right? Like that's that's just the way it's always been. Like who has the buying power? It's going to be that generation for the next 20 years you know um, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of cool shit going on in that city that i can't wait to see you hear about the um the circa uh no circa is a hotel that they got there that's like you know sports book in casinos it's like uh, where you, yeah it's the part of casino you go to where it's like i want to do sports betting yeah well like, yeah when i go up there for fight week you know that's where you go to watch it's the place with all the tvs yeah, absolutely yeah, it's a place with yeah, TV's everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, they have the they have they what they bill is the biggest sports book in the world, and it's like I've seen video of it. It's like, holy Christ on a cracker! That's like two. You literally have two 
IMAX screens side by side, and you've got like maybe 40 channels of TV divided up on all of it, and it looks beautiful. Yeah. It looks crystal clear, but it's huge and massive. They have a they have an outdoor pool where they have a jumbotron above their pool. Yeah. And they have their and and then they've got like out they have their outdoor casino with it too. There's some cool shit in Las Vegas, man. Yeah, I I always enjoy going up to Vegas. Uh I haven't been in a few years now, but man, the the few times I've gone, um, it's just and it, like I, th- I think a lot of people, you'll talk to some people like ah, I don't really like gambling. It's like, well, you don't really have to like gambling. Like they've you don't they, have to like gambling. It, you don't even have to want to spend a lot of money. There's a lot of shit that you can do there for next to nothing yeah. and have a wild ass time. Yeah, I mean, it really just they, they, that's the beauty of Vegas. They kind of figured out like, okay, well, not everybody's gonna want to gamble, right? Some people want to shop. Some people just want to see crazy shit that we built out in the desert. Um, it's. And that's it, what it, it is. is it is a feast for the eyes man it's There's just so much to look at it's it just feels so when you're walking down the strip or when you got a nice like when you're on a like like something that overlooks the strip in some way you're just kind of like whoa this fucking place is the place i see in movies like you go to you go to old vegas um old vegas is a lot of fucking fun um and you just wander around and you see all that shit you've seen before on on tv and on movies and you're just kind of like holy shit and you just wander and it's it's so fucking fun it really is and and the things that you wouldn't think of like um here's something that i've heard a lot of people talk about that i want to i really want to see for myself Mm -hmm. like you said off the strip yeah um there's a chinatown in las vegas Mm-hmm. And supposedly it is the most extraordinary and incredible Chinese food you can find in the country because you got a lot of people who the thing about Las Vegas is that there is this sort of subculture of, I mean, a lot, a lot of Asian tourism, a lot of Asian um, people from China, people from J- um, Japan, all over from um, the Southeast Asian Crescent love coming to Las Vegas. They love the mystique. They love the cowboy shit, but they also just love coming and balling out because who doesn't. Right. Um, and so, obviously, a lot of tourists, um, plenty of immigration in that part of the country from those folks as well. And you have an Asian-American community that is from the old world, but they are part of the tourism industry and a lot of chefs. Oh, the Asian and food's ridiculous in Vegas. You got you got a lot of people who go there who want to come to this city. They want to make their mark and they want to, I mean, they know that there's like there's professional achievement to be had here in culinary skill. You have a market. It's a lot of great restaurants, but- especially in the casino hotels, well, they're very standardized. You serve what they want. And what they want is based on, you know, market testing that shows that, well, people come in here and they want they want an American menu. Yeah. And these Asian cooks and stuff are like, that's dog shit. I mean, it's not just that it's like, I don't want to cook like that. It's like some of these, these I don't even have a choice in the sourcing of ingredients. Yeah. So they they went to Chinatown. And they got their own property and they got their own setup. And it's like, do whatever the fuck we want in my kitchen. Yeah. And yeah, I have heard that like some of the Korean barbecue is just, it is incredible. And they make it, they know that some of those restaurants there are like, no, we understand people are going out of their way to come here. We are, we know that. And we want you to, you're going to pay a little bit, but honestly, we're going to make you the best Chinese food, the best Korean food best Japanese sushi you have had in your life. Yeah. The, you wouldn't think it, but it's like, it's huge in Las Vegas. Well, Chinese food is huge there. And Vegas is such a destination. Like there's, 
you can absolutely make an entire lifetime's living being just just off of business that overspills from the uh, from the strip because people totally. now with you know obviously with the internet you know with with just all the resources you have to find out what the fuck else is there rather than just what's in front of your face like and that's and there's a lot of people who travel like that like when me and the wife go out of town and we go do shit we're like mm, I'm not I'm not interested in going to a chain restaurant here I'm interested in what the fuck can I get here that I can't get at home and people want to find that out you know like yeah some people just want that the bumpers are on and I can stay here and have my fun and there's nothing wrong with that but some people are just kind of like I want some shit that I you know that you're not seeing right here I want to go like you know 15 20 minutes off the strip for something cool and the like you said, the cottage industries. There's there's a subset of people on YouTube where like I can tell it's like you have found a way to make a living mm-hmm. doing reviews of rooms in hotels and casinos, and you have created a system where you have enough income from your dumbass videos and all your other little things that you do, and all the other little comp systems and creative credit card scams that you've got to where. You just go to Las Vegas eight times a year and you film everything that you're doing there and you make a living doing it. Come back home and the rest of your year is spent putting together those videos. Yep. And making and, and doing podcasts about, you know, what do you do when you first go to Vegas and how can you max on your comps and rewards? You know, that kind of shit. And yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild. The whole city is designed such that it is all one big advertisement for, hey, the next time you come back, everything you're doing there is all about, oh, man, that's so amazing. Yeah. Got to check that out next time because it's not like we can do it now. We're here for four days and we already can't do everything we have planned. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 honestly, um, I mean, we there's someone who, who's been a guest on the podcast before that used to be a part of a Las Vegas podcast where that's what all they talked about. And yeah. he's no longer with that that group, but that that podcast is still going, and it's just kind of like they got it. They got a big audience because there's just people who think about Vegas all the time. Like they just there's like what I'm doing <laughs> is getting ready to go to Vegas in the year. And and you're right. Like everything, if you notice, you ever get a chance to go to Vegas and hang out, you're gonna have a great time. But if you really take a look at everything that that you're doing and all the stuff that that you know that's in your room to read and all the stuff that the little programs you can get into, it's all geared towards the next time you're here, the next time you're here, like, it's like, we want the repeat business. So it's all about bringing you back. And, uh, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna go on vacation. It's gonna happen. Why not come here? And there's all kinds of reasons why not to, but yeah, it's at a certain point. That's another thing that's fucked up about Vegas. They give you, it's not free. The word free is rarely bandied about in town, right? But the word complimentary Oh man, people say that shit all the time. And <laughs> functionally, it's not all that different, but at the same time you just got to remember, you're going to pay something. Yeah. The real question is what you, what, what can you get for it? Mm-hmm. Just how much bang can you get for your buck because player cards right, figuratively and literally, you can I mean seriously, it is possible to go to Las Vegas and fuck around all day having amazing fun. Amazing fun. Right. And literally spend a couple bucks. You can spend $15 and eat three meals and do all kinds of other shit. And I mean, is a lot. And again, some of it is free. Yeah. But a lot of it is that it's, well, it's complimentary with other shit. 
and it's a game. It's all one big game. It all factors into feedback loops and theoretical loss. And yeah, you can get in a lot of trouble with it. Um, but if you know what you're doing and if you're careful and if you just understand that you're not getting anything for free, you're going to have to pay a little bit. But if you pay a little bit and you, you know, have the kind of fun they want to have with you, mm-hmm. so many people, again, it's the same thing with people. Like you said, a lot of people who go to go to Vegas, they don't want to gamble. And they're like, well, let me ask you, is it like, are you not wanting to gamble because you don't like it or because you don't have a fucking clue what you're doing? Yeah. And I find that 90% of the time it's like, oh, they just don't know what they're doing. They don't want to lose their money. It's like, well, all right. What, well, what would you say? If this, if you know, all you got to do is go and talk to them, and they give you this card, and then they give you a hundred dollars in free credit, would you be want to play then? It's like, oh yeah, totally. If it's free credit, it's like yeah, and then you can play games with people, and they're super easy. Yeah, and that's all part of the game. But like, yeah, it's it's one of those weird things where I've heard of people who do this, where yeah, they want you to come back, and if you play the game right all you need to pay for is your airfare. Yeah. You just pay for your airfare and bring a little money to gamble with. Maybe you'll lose some of that money. Maybe you'll make it back. I don't know, but there's ways to do it where you can, you can go, you pay for your airfare, you get there and you have such an experience with these people. And you have such a relationship built up with them and you've come and you've done this enough. Yeah. They'll come pick you up at the fucking airport. Yeah. You get, you get a high enough level with Caesars. They'll send a fucking limo to pick you up from the airport and take you anywhere you go. Just so long as you have a reservation and they'll pick you up and drop you off there. And you may not pay for that room. You may not pay any of your resort fees. You're going to have to go downstairs and gamble some, but you know, again, maybe you'll lose some, maybe you'll win some. And there are people again, they just, I mean, six, seven times a year. And they pick like weird times. They never go on the weekend, always mm-hmm. going on the weekdays, um, going on times like. Um, Which yeah, in Vegas, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like once you're, once you're there. Like the, second, like the second week of December. Yeah. You know, when it's like, holy shit, man, you have any idea how good it feels outside in the middle of December in the in, in the Mojave Desert? Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. It, fe- it feels amazing. And it's like, oh, at night it must get cold. It's like. Dude, there's so much light all over the place and so much electricity that no, actually you're walking around outside. It's like it's nice 68 degrees outside. It feels fantastic. Yeah. It's 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 awesome. And again, it's not free. It's just complimentary. It's complimentary because yeah, you are gambling some. Yeah, you're spending some money, mm-hmm. but really, you went there and you maybe spent like 130 bucks and you spent five days there and you stayed in a suite, you ate in nice restaurants, and you gambled some. Yeah. Um, and that's what they want. They want you to relive that over and over and over, and it is addicting as shit. All right. That's part one. Be sure to join us over for part two at Lopez Radio to follow on all social media. And uh, you can check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Lopez Radio. Give me a follow there as well. Also, rate, review, and subscribe. We'll see you in part two. <laughs>